Wait, should I should I start recording too? Do you want me to record my side? Uh, Skype recorder. I'm just I'm Skype recording. I'm not doing no thousand dollars a podcast bullshit. What are you <laughs> What are you talking about? Well, howdy, folks! It's Friday, and we are drunk and retired. I figure what I'll do is I'll just start recording, mm-hmm. and then and then you know I'll cut in. You know we can start the show anytime. But just you just imagine that you're eating a muffin, and you're like, "This muffin is delicious." Now, for you and me, you're gonna have what I like to call the. I've come up with this on the trip with our friend Bob. You're gonna have the the. Uh, you tell me how to say this. Your boca dio segundo. Which is like with the beard, you know, a little bit get cut, cut in your mustache and your beard, so it's your, se- your second bite. <laughs> but now if you're eating a muffin, the recording is more analogous to you're going to hold like a, a, what would you say, taella, a towel underneath you? Uh-huh. And as you're eating it, the crumbs don't hit your beard. They're going to hit the, uh, they're gonna hit the towel, and you can eat those. And so that's why I'm yep. going to start proactively recording once we talk. Okay. There you go. These are the crumbs. These are the, the crumbs. Tidbits. So good stuff. So I've got a uh, well, video kind of works here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. It's uh, it's actually um, really smooth. Yeah. Like Cote's doing the robot, and like it's not even looking like he's popping and locking. It's no. just one smooth motion. So I have our topic list. Mm-hmm. And I, I figure yep. you you could we'll just pick a topic. You could pick a topic. Yeah, I like you wanted to start off with uh, a kind of a weekly or biweekly mm. <clears throat> intro thing, right? Well, yeah, I was thinking we would do that at the end. Oh, at the end. Because okay. usually, you know, my podcast is I we do a cold open. Uh-huh. And so if it was a predictable, it's just like something off the wall ridiculous. Oh, okay. And then at the gotcha. end, and then we'll close out with Charles's Emacs configuration tip of the week. And then it'll okay. be funny because at best we'll record every two weeks. So, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> and at best I have like one tip every year. Well, you, like we can start with the basics, like how to set the the foreground color. So, okay. I mean, see that could be the joke, because you could be like, well, this week we have a very <laughs> special. <laughs> have you ever been using Emacs and you wanted to change the color of your type? Well. And you just say how you type it in, and it'll be like, and that was Charles's Emacs configuration tip. <laughs> and then next week, it'll be like, we got, a, we got a lot of feedback, and people enjoyed changing the color of their foreground, and they wanted to change the color of the background. So right. this week, I'll tell you how to change the color of the background. And then that would okay. be, or, or I don't know. I know. I love that. I love that. It's a great. It flows. Mm. It's good. Mm. So we got uh, a regular show. So we actually uh, we did we did a show last week or the last two weeks. Two weeks ago. Was uh-huh. that two weeks ago? That was two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah. I I was, I was just I I titled that one regular show because this is the show just about regular stuff, right? I mean I right. I went over the premise with you earlier. Right. You remember that mm-hmm. show we used to do? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was a little yeah. tech-heavy, but it was a lot of regular stuff in it. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Ah, uh, well, are we going to do regular stuff this week? Yeah, that's what the topic list is for. Okay. Well, I was thinking that you were saying like the topic list wasn't regular stuff, but I'm looking at it and I'm seeing lots of yeah, lots yeah. Of and and these are just things I've thought of. It's easy to have a list of mm-hmm. topics instead of having to come up with something on the fly. Yeah. If okay. you have a topic you want to talk about. Uh no. It's no. a good thing no, I no. do a lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You do do a lot of editing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if you were fucking with me, Kote. Like, no. Just that was your subtle way of saying, like, it's all all going in. Well, that, all sounding terrible. That, uh, yeah, go ahead. Over. No, no. Copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at the topic list. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to explain you know, some of them are self explanatory, like vacation mm-hmm. or books. Yes. Um, but uh, there's one on there called I Don't Have a Horse or a Gun or We Were Born in Austin or You May All Go to Hell, I Am Going to Texas. That's right. So that one, that one's that one's a little bit meatier, a little bit more dense. Well, I'll so, I'll tell you. I'll, I always tell you what I was thinking about with that topic is is uh, so as it says in the middle, we were both born in Austin. That's, yep. that's factually accurate. You know, yep. uh, you went to some fancy lad private school for a while. Lucky you. Yep. But then we yep. we both went to uh, the 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 uh, as they call it now Lassa, I think. Lassa. Yeah, Lassa. I always uh, llama like. Um... Springs to mind whenever I hear that Lassa. Yeah. I don't know why the science like the academy Dr. Lassa. as as we 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 were caught. Anyways, so we're we're both Texans, right? And uh, yep. and and you know we both we you I, I I would say we have both traveled the world. You have lived extensively or more extensively than zero in the rest of the world. And there's like it's in common to encounter ep- uh, um, episodes. Uh, 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 what's the word? Perceptions, attitudes. Right. Yes. There, there, there's a very, very common set of things people think about if you're from Texas, and some of them are good, and some of them, none of them are really bad, but some of them are funny or, or laughable. Yeah. Well, some of them are bad. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. But that's you know. So I the, this this one this one uh, I was thinking of because I was in uh, I was visiting some people in New York, New York City, uh, right. recently, and uh, they were you know a large financial institution. And and I was telling them, uh, you know, that I'm from Austin and they're from t- from Texas. And I think I think they were they were quite amazed that I didn't own a gun, right? Really? Like they were sort of top of mind, you know, like oh, you don't have a gun. And I was like, no, I've I've never really. I mean, I shot a gun in Finland once, but that's uh, yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was fun. It was just like let's shoot the shotgun into dirt. I think yeah. that's uh, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's just like it's it's uh it's it's an interesting phenomena like being not only from Texas but especially from Austin because everyone knows Austin, right? Like right. people you right. encounter and they always talk about it. And and uh so you know, and then that's the other thing, you're from Austin and then the last part is like, you know, of course the famous quote from uh was it was it uh Davy David Bowie? Dave Davy yeah, Crockett? Dave. Davy Crockett or Bowie? Which one? James Bowie? Bowie? I don't remember. James Bowie. They both were at the Alamo, right? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and and I think he was in the uh, the the Tennessee Senate, and uh, uh-huh. he was frustrated about something. So I I believe he said, <laughs> "You may all go to hell. I am going to Texas." Which which you know that that that's a certain interesting aspect about Texanisms is we have this almost like fuck you pride, right? Like fuck you with a smile, uh-huh. right? And I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if if the uh, the Texas Visitors Bureau would portray it that way, but there is this, this, <laughs> there is a certain amount of like cheery bravado that 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 we tend to have, and I think uh, I don't, that seemed like an interesting topic to reflect on, and just just right. kind of speak to. Right, right. Well, there's the, and the the whole like the don't mess with Texas campaign, which is both misunderstood but also well understood. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, because I mean, you know, people are like, I don't know. I remember having conversations where people were like, man, that's a really, uh, that's a really aggressive, like slogan to have pointed everywhere. Right. Yeah. Don't mess with Texas. It's true. Uh, 
And it's it is true, except it means that you know it means don't actually put uh, garbage on the road. Like don't um, yeah. And and so often Texans will then say, no, 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 you're misunderstood. It's not like aggressive or full of bravado. It just means it's an anti-litter campaign. But the truth is, is the reason it was such an effective anti-litter campaign is it tapped into the aggressive bravado, fuck you with a smile, like yeah. don't mess with us. Whereas like we're saying basically kind of using a reverse psychology on Texans saying if you litter on Texas highways, you are in effect messing with Texas and nobody does that shit. Yeah, and, right? and it was very it's effective. Like, 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 I don't know about you, but to this day, when I see people litter, I'm always like, asshole, right? Like, wherever I am, it's yeah. just, especially, Texas. especially when they, like, fling a cigarette out of the car. I'm just like, what? what is your fucking problem, right? Like, just, I don't, that's just unacceptable, right? Just yeah. litter, littering is just terrible. And that, that was, and then, and then there's also, like, I find myself doing this, you know, I don't know if this is true, but, <laughs> you're, but you're, you're not supposed to pick blue bonnets, like is that is that true? Uh -huh. Is that, like we were yeah, taught there yeah, was some law. To, you're not supposed to. There's no, it's not a, it's not a law. You're just it's not done. It's a norm. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, Nilo's uh, like school class they went on a outing to Northwest Park, and one of the kids like picked a blue bonnet and they ended the whole thing early. Wow. And it they were like they came down on it hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, like it was like a big deal. I remember for for week because you know normally they eat their lunch in the school and they were all they all walked to the park to eat their lunch and walk home and they were gonna like play out there for an extra half hour uh, or something and boom yeah someone picked a blue bonnet over it's funny you bring that up Fun that, over. that's exactly what i was gonna say is like we you know cormac and i'll go out walking and 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 he always wants to you know pick flowers to bring his mom and this yeah, is the season of blue bonnets and so he'll start picking blue bonnets and i feel this this thing rising up in me where i'm like no you can't yeah. don't don't pick the it's definitely and that's then I'll a be like skip for Texan. And I'll be like just okay, you can pick one. Just one. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> what I always do is I always when when the kids want to pick a blue bonnet, I always get down and show them the cat's claw. And oh. that seems to satisfy the urge to mess with the flowers. What's what's the is is it what what's the cat's claw part? Oh man, okay, the cat's claw is inside of a blue bonnet. You know, so when a bee lands on a blue bonnet, the flower actually unfolds, and the stamen comes up and rubs pollen on the bee's belly. It's fin ah. it's, it's amazing, and so you can actually take your finger and just very lightly, you know, with the weight of a bee, press on the blue bonnet flower, and a little the stamen will emerge. But the stamen is crescent shaped and comes down to a point, and it's white on the bottom, and it's black on the top, and so it looks just like a cat's claw. Oh. It's this curved, pointed thing. It's really, really. Yeah. yeah. Are you googling that shit? No, no. See, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a childhood where we, we explored all these wonders of nature. So that, mm -hmm. that's that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then you got your Indian paintbrushes, right? That's a thing. Hmm. Can, can yeah. you still say that? I don't think so. No. What, what are they? I wonder what they're technically called. I actually don't. I actually don't know. Uh, but they're beautiful. Mm. Uh, they really are. Um. We actually have like a, a lot of really awesome wildflowers, which is another reason you shouldn't mess with Texas, right? Don't trample on us or something like that. Which, which, which like, is, uh, which there, there is, there is an exception, and that is you go have pictures in the blue bonnets, and you right. know you, you can be careful, but you can trample on them in that case. You can put your ass on some blue bonnets, if, yeah. in the name of cuteness. Yeah. So yeah. everybody goes every, about this time of year. It's it's just wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, there's still some stragglers, 
but yeah, you, you you drive by and everywhere there's a patch of blue bonnets. There's people taking pictures of their kids, and I we all I've got pictures of myself in blue bonnets. I'm sure you do too, Kote. Yeah, yeah. And and probably so, uh, uh, I I feel you know this may not be the case for me. I could have when my grandparents die, but. I feel like I could easily inherit at least one oil painting picture that has a barn in the background and a rolling hill and a bunch of blue bonnets painted on it. Like, I, I, think, I think at some point, maybe in the 70s and early 80s, there was like a warehouse of maybe a thousand people and they were just churning those pictures out. They're just everywhere. Mm. And maybe you even have the, yeah. wooden fence, the wooden fence that's broken with an old wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, great, it's a great time of year. The blue bonnets are there. The rodeo is in town. I'm here in Paris, and uh, uh-huh. I'm I'm borrowing uh, my friend Bob's room, and uh, he's uh-huh. he's from California, and so like of course, this is what happens when you take a uh, a Californian or a Texan away from Mexican food. All they talk about is Mexican food, right? <laughs> it's just like instantly they're like, "So where's the tacos?" Man, I could really go for a burrito right now. And so we've been talking about tacos nonstop, right? Because we're, we're there at this, we're at this DevOps conference, so we're kind of hanging out at the booth. And mm-hmm. we're, we're both just like, first thing we're doing to get home, going to eat a taco. Like, i got yeah. to get me a taco. And so we were strolling around today in the, uh, the Latin Quarter. He has, he has a, a friend who lived here for a while and just happens to be in town, so she was taking us Hey, around. man, we should do that next time you're on a business trip yeah. and that we're recording Drunk and Retired. I can live stream taco eating for you oh that, so you that's a good idea can do like taco eating vicariously and you can order the taco for me and then i'll eat the taco huh? and i'll describe it to you yeah it's making me feel oh that's good as it goes down the throat and like well that was yes. a, that was a spicy bite that was pretty i'm gonna need some water so anyway we we did find this place that advertised itself oh, i should have taken a picture in retrospect but it was it was o taco like o apostrophe like as if o tacos like as if it was an irish name or maybe someone yeah. saying, oh, tacos. But anyways, and it said something like like Paris's first taco. Now, uh-huh. so of course, Bob and I, we, pe- we poked our head in. And you look at it, and what it is, Charles, and this is, this is another thing related to being a Texan, is you're suddenly an expert on tacos and Tex-Mex, right? Like right, you just right, like, right, right. it's, it's kind of like when you, you, you meet an older person and they would tell you about the war, like endlessly. It's just like, you meet someone from Texas, next thing you know, they're telling you about tacos, like and enchiladas <laughs> and chalupas, and they're like, we call it a chalupa here, but those freaks over to the West, they call it a tostada, I don't know why, right, like a whole, yeah. whole thing, right, very proud of our Tex-Mex food. Anyhow, so you go in there, and let me tell you what they have in there. It's basically something that we would call back home a panini, right? What? So it, it, <laughs> it looks like as, as if George Foreman had invented the taco. And so it's some sort of like wrap. Like on sourdough or something? I think, you know, I didn't investigate because we kind of saw the picture of it and we were like, I'm out, right? Like this is some <laughs> bullshit. But it looked like maybe they had like a burrito tortilla and they wrapped it and then they put it in like a panini machine so they pressed it. But it was, it was right. something like that. But, you know, it, uh, it was a good try. Good try. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's those, you know, hybrid innovations that give rise to, uh, uh, you know, great foods. It's you true. know, like, like a, you know, a pizza, an American pizza is some bastardized, you know, Italian creation, although it bears no resemblance to mm. its forebears, and yet it's delicious, and we all take great pride in it. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, a true Italian might scoff uh, at an American pizza. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of given rise, so maybe who knows? 
maybe this will be the next brand of Tex-Mex, which is itself. That's true. It's true. Uh, uh, which is itself a mongrelized version of, of you know, northern Mexican food. It, it, it might be the uh, Tacos de, de la Peri, right? Mm-hmm. Like just a, just a variation. It, it, could may- like, it could be like taco with an E-A-U-X. And maybe there'll be a nice like chanterelle salsa, mm-hmm. salsa that goes mm-hmm. with it. Who knows? I don't know. A truffle yep. salsa? Ooh, that's a, you never know, Cote. You yeah. never know. Open your mind, Quaid. <laughs> Open your mind. See tacos. You could be like uh, you could be like Quaid, except instead of water erupting from the ground, it would be like tacos, like like salsa, jets and gouts of refried beans, like bursting forth from the earth. Yeah, yeah. And you could be like, <laughs> that would be actually great. It's like you eat like a a ghost pepper, and then you're like, ah. Yeah, it's just like your eyes are popping out. <laughs> now, when you, you lived in London for a while, as I recall, and and then also you go back to Finland very frequently. I mean, do you do you get this like yearning for like for like tacos when you go there? Like, how does this? How do you work that out? What do you do? So, so the thing that I actually so what I yearned for, I think when I was living in London, most of the time I got a hankering for hamburgers and uh, barbecue. Oh, barbecue, yeah. man. Now that's a whole other topic right there. You know, it just it just those just could not be found. London actually had a pretty vibrant uh, Latin community, so you were able to get. I don't think there was no te- Tex-Mex. There was some Tex-Mex, but it wasn't super. You find good but substitutes. The, oh yeah, there was great South American food. I mean, there was Peruvian restaurants, Colombian restaurants. Uh, there was a Cuban restaurant that was just yeah. fantastic. I mean, it was um, so that I didn't really lack lack. Right, because because basically, I mean, you know, Tex-Mex is its own thing, but it's sort of like as a, as a substitute, you could have like, all right, let's take some corn-based thing, a big-ass piece of meat that you've basically just exposed to fire, right? Right. And then some uh-huh. seasoning, optionally, maybe usually some beans and maybe some rice, done, right? Like Fresh you could, cut uh, tomatoes, onions, and... Yeah, know, yeah, you, you can satisfy like your yearnings with that. You're, that that'll mm-hmm. work out. Mm-hmm. Yes, but barbecue, very hard to achieve. Was, yeah, it was a barbecue desert yeah. uh, over there. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, so that was, that was what I, that was what I was just, you know, as soon as I got home, man, it's like, take me to the County line, take yeah. me to, let's go to Cooper's. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's meet it up. Yeah. Nowadays it'd be so nice. Cause all, uh, all of the country barbecue is in the city now. You could just, know, you could go downtown crazy? to Cooper's or you could go to Black's. Like just and it's over, really yeah. good. Like I, we were at Cooper's just a few weeks ago, and it was every. If it was, I mean, it tasted like we'd driven out to Lano. And they have free beans. It's dangerous convenience. I know, and, and so you've been to the one downtown. They have like the miniature thing where the guys like, "You want yeah. some sauce?" And yeah, we dip they it. actually do it. I was actually wondering. I was like, "Are they gonna <laughs> when I when we get the quarter chicken or the half chicken? Are they gonna dip it in the sauce and, or and not?" So, and so for for people who don't know this, next time you come to Austin, you should look us up. We'll take you there since they have it. But this is like the mini Cooper. So the the original Cooper's in where Lano or Yano, yeah. and and the original Cooper's is like a big open area with maybe like four gigantic smokers. I think it's. I like, feel like there's more. It's probably like eight, six or eight. And there's usually Maybe one, the- one of them in operation, and you, there's a bit of a line. You walk up, and there's I, I don't know what they call him, the beef master. He's probably <laughs> like the cutter, and he opens right. it up, and it's this big grill, and there's just it's just covered in Texas style barbecue, as you can. Yeah. You've probably seen it on TV. And you sausage, chicken, tons yeah, of brisket. Yeah, and 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 uh, they also like when I went there, they had a beef rib, right? Yeah. And so so you know they'll cut off the part that you want, and then they have this. 
it's not nothing fancy. It's almost like back when I lived in Something the in, in the co op. It's just like a big like uh, dull white plastic thing, like or you know right. the equivalent of a trash can to be funny about it. And it's just full of this sauce. And the guy will say, "You want me to dip it?" And then he'll like stick it on a big fork, whatever your hunk of meat is, and just submerge it in the sauce, and then put it right. onto your then, your tray. And then put it on your tray, and then. Basically, you st- every tray starts out with a bunch of uh, freezer paper uh, open on it. And so then they just dump it on the freezer paper. And then if you're getting it to go, you know, they wrap it up uh, on the thing. Otherwise, you just eat it on the freezer paper. On the butcher paper. On the butcher paper. Yeah, yeah. And then you can get your sides if you're into that. You know, you yep. got your potatoes and coleslaw. And, uh, and, uh, and then the beans are free. I forgot about yep. that. Free beans. Yep. Free beans and free. onions. Yeah, and the treats of the onions and the little pickles. I think they have jalapenos too for free. Yeah, yeah. So and and, and so they have actually managed, you know. And to their credit, you got a good formula. You don't want to mess with it. They managed to recreate that whole experience very faithfully right there on uh, Congress Avenue. So here, here's another thing I've I've discovered that is just I'm still don't really believe it is that people find breakfast tacos to be an anomaly. Like they find they they don't really know about breakfast tacos. Like. I often encounter – and migas is another one. These are two items that like apparently like it's a big revelation to people. Like I would assume the idea of basically scrambling some eggs and putting it in a tortilla and maybe some cheese on top, everyone knows about that because it's easy. But people come around here – like they come and they're like breakfast tacos. What an amazing idea, right? So mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been successfully exported as much as like Mexican food. Like for example, uh, one of the, the locals, the French pivotal people here, she was saying – Oh, I was visiting my sister and her cousin or whoever in California. And, you know, to the French, omelets are very important, right? Right, yeah. And, and she's like – and so I was watching. She was like, I'm going to make you something. Just just hold on. And so I'm watching her, and then I saw her cooking an omelet for me. And I said, what are you, what are you going to do with my omelet? Like this – what is this blasphemy you're about to do? Because so, so she got the omelet and put it in a tortilla, and she was like, what is this? I don't, I don't know if I agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> And then, of course, she ate it, and she was like, this is amazing. And so – and I found this play out over and over again where people are like, breakfast tacos, what? Like it's – like they, they haven't discovered it, which is, which is kind of odd. Yeah, no, it's really it's – a, it's a – and I feel like it's, it's not only delicious, but there's such a practical aspect to it. Like I used to – when I lived in New York, you know, and I, I would drive uh, every day out to Philadelphia, uh, I would pick up a bagel on the way, and that was like – kind of a hassle because the cream you know it was nice it was delicious right yeah. i get myself a, a big coffee and a big fat bagel with cream cheese and you know there they like they put like a quart of cream cheese on every single bagel yes. and it was, it was delicious uh but it wasn't uh that's not very self-contained and luckily i didn't have a beard uh in those days yeah uh, otherwise it would have been it would have been just uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for just tra- not tragic but um messy yeah well yeah Via, via, as as I say, as I say, la boca dia, segunda. Yeah. <laughs> segunda. It would have been, yeah, or like la, la boca dia tercera. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it was, uh, it would, it, it was, it was bad. It would have been bad. Um, delicious, but bad. But the taco, the breakfast taco, it's so, so nice and warm, but yet so nice and self-contained. Mm, um, yeah. you, know, you can just you can eat that thing and not spill a drop. And I feel, and I feel I feel uh, like I feel like the warm eggs plus hopefully bacon. Mm-hmm. Classic classic one is scrambled eggs, bacon and cheese, right? Many variations. But I feel like the warmth of the eggs kind of steams the tortilla, 
and then in a sort of in sort of uh, uh, what's the this a symbiotic relationship? The tortilla sort of contains and yet regulates the temperature. So you can eat a breakfast taco like an hour or two after yeah. it's been wrapped up yeah. in foil. Yeah, yeah, no, it is a great insulator. Right, yeah. that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's like you get it to go. It's like you eat it now, you eat it later. With a French Warm fried potato. With, with some French fried potato. <laughs> <laughs> Snacking all morning, Cote. Yeah. Now, what that's was what, what did, Didn't I say there was some second thing that people haven't encountered that, that's a common regional item? I forget what it was. I'll, I'll have to go uh, go back on the tape and listen to it one day. But anyways, that's what I discovered. Is like breakfast taco. Oh, migas. This is another thing. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think migas have been successfully exported. Because oh, you th- know what? Have you ever had a migas breakfast taco? Yes. Yes. Of, yes. Oh, that's actually my jam nowadays. I don't even go with the bacon, man. Yeah, that's I'm fair. like migas straight up with a little pico de gallo. Because so so the migas is basically scrambled eggs. With crumbled up uh, tortilla chips and cheese, uh-huh. and then you can throw. Uh-huh. Some people will put fresh cut serrano peppers in there, you know, whatever, uh-huh. whatever you want. But it is, and and but but I guess I shouldn't I say. Like it, Pico. I guess I shouldn't say with cheese. I should say it is cheese that has some eggs added to it, right? Like uh-huh. I mean, migas are like characteristically to the point that some people will just put queso on top of them. But those are the uh-huh. two items that I feel like we need to bring out to the world because people discover them and they're like, holy shit. What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should we could we could start a, a chain cote, and yeah. this could be. I mean, I feel like this uh, started out as drunk and retired and is now turning into the splendid table. Well, that was just the topic um, for this but, week. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, the splendid table. I used to. I love the splendid table. I just I, love how much Lynn Rosetto Casper loves food. I don't even like cooking shows. I hate it. But the, when she gets into her descriptions oh, of the yeah, food, yeah. I'm like riveted. She's like, then you take the lemon <laughs> cream sauce and you drizzle it over the grapes, mm. and it brings out. And I don't, you know, she just she just goes That's on. That's true. I haven't, I, I haven't like, listened to that in a long time. Is that on Saturday? I, I actually I haven't listened to it in a while either. Yeah, there was this but, time. Uh, there was this time before kids where I would listen to a lot of different radio shows yeah but now I, just, I, I can tell you all about the various episodes of how to train your dragon the my little ponies you know rescue bots man have you ever listened to the original uh for whatever reason my kids have on the cd uh the original like music from uh my little pony no it's like got uh, it's like weird synthetic pan pipes uh, uh. kind of like what you hear with like when the you know like uh you travel all over the world. And there's the people from Ecuador, like doing playing. Uh, oh yeah, 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 pipes. with the pipes and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It sounds. It's got that uh, kind of eerie, haunting melodies. Yeah, uh, of My Little Pony. Wait, what? Did, what did, did you hear that music when you were bicycling, uh, motorcycling around? Was that a real thing, or is that just like a, a, a created sound that doesn't actually? It's a created exist? sound. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, but I mean, I, I I'm sure it has roots. Um, yeah. But I would you don't actually see people putting on those kind of big productions locally. I feel I feel uh, like if if there was a Broadway production of that movie Avatar, that's the kind of music that would be playing constantly. Really? Maybe. <laughs> or maybe if Avatar was made in the forties, they, they would they would have used that music. Wait, like what is that? Like a pan pipe? It's not even a pan pipe. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a. It's 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 a similar type of pipe that Pan played. They, they used to, for some reason, when I went to uh, UT here in Austin, or not here, but over there in Austin, they uh, there would always be people set up selling those CDs, and I would think like, is this the right market to be selling that music? Like at the University of Texas? I mean, it must have been something. 
Yeah, no, you know, you always find a market. I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 comforting. So another topic I had on this topic was the uh, uh, and this this gets back to being a native Austinite is like oddly enough. So when you grow up in Austin, you're basically told that that to not like Houston, like you're just told Houston is awful. They're awful people over there. Right. It's a swamp. Yeah. Like, you don't the Houston people. And then don't get me started on Dallas. Right. Like Austin people are very arrogant about about the rest of texas right. although i do feel like uh i do feel like uh, houston gets a worse rap than dallas yes yes houston is just the worst and then i mean you know and and it's just because most people don't like el paso is not on their radar i think i think they would think worse of el paso but they just don't i would say well i i would say though that el paso and certainly san antonio are generally well regarded by all texas cities well that's that's fair that's fair i i i'm more thinking like i don't agree with any of this but i'm more thinking like the criteria by which you, you as an Austinite, you would not like Houston. Right. If you applied that same criteria to El Paso, you would basically end up with a very similar negative attitude. You would be like, there's nothing going on here. This is in the middle of nowhere. This is like not in anyways, right. anyways, I could be wrong. Never mind that. But so, so this is another phenomenon I find when I'm, when I'm a, a Texas expat is uh, I find myself, because now that I've, I've been to Houston many times because my wife is mm-hmm. there, I find myself as like Houston's biggest champion, right? Like, Because really? people will instantly be like, oh, Houston is terrible, or Dallas. And I'll be like, I, I mean, it's actually like a pretty good city. Like it's a normal, like extremely yeah. – and, you Well, know, but you also have to deal with the fact as you get older and you actually – you grow up like literally half the people from Texas are from Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Area. yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's like it's unavoidable. You're like, oh shit. Well, half of my friends are from there. Yeah, I guess I'll yeah. have to. I guess I'll have to evaluate it from right. No, <laughs> and and it's it's like I. I mean, I from think unbiased stance. Damn I, I think I think Dallas and Houston are maybe like a top ten American city, and they're probably like a top thirty global city. I mean, they're like huge areas, right? And. Uh, right. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I always reflect on how weird that is because I'll, you know, you explain to them that like, well, it's a very diverse community. Like they have street signs and like Korean or not Korean and Vietnamese and all of this. And like, at some point they had like the a lesbian mayor and like, it's just like on and on they're and on. It's, they invest in arts and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a proper city. And it's like, it's actually kind of nice. And like, I remember one time I was talking to a, uh, a Canadian who had moved down for work from Toronto or something. And uh, and he was kind of down on Houston. And I was like, "Come on, you live here now. Like, you should give it a try." But but it is another odd phenomenon. It gets back to that notion of like you know horses and guns, where you're sort of like, "Yeah, they're just pretty normal people down here, right?" Like, in, at least in yeah. the metropolises, uh, the metropolises, mm-hmm. like it's all uh, it's all okay. And then there's the sad, forgotten city of San Antonio. Not that San Antonio is sad, but it's sad that it's forgotten. Right? Is it forgotten? Well, I, I feel mean, like San Antonio looms large. Well, I, I don't think I don't think it comes up that much, right? Like people yeah, will talk true. about Houston and that's Dallas, true. but like when you're traveling, they're not like, "Oh, there's San Antonio there, right?" That seems like a even nice though place. It's, even though it's a bigger, it's even massive. It's a bigger city than off. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge city, right? Like it's really yep. big, and and it. Uh, I mean, they got good tacos there. I think I think yeah. I think I have I have heard I have heard that that is where the breakfast taco was invented. So you hmm. know. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I find myself, except when uh, my uncle lived down there uh, on the uh, army base, like, I didn't really ever go to San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, you go down to the uh, the Riverwalk once, and you're like, well, that was that was fun. That was the Riverwalk. And then you go to the Alamo. And Al- then you go to SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah, you go to SeaWorld and the Alamo and the amusement uh-huh. parks, and uh, then you're kind of done. 
I guess yeah. you know I've never. You ever go down to Fiesta there? You know I've never been to Fiesta, Fiesta Texas. Although it's Six Flags, Texas. No, it's like no, no. I don't mean Fiesta Texas. Don't they call the big party they have Fiesta where everyone like? Oh dresses yeah, yeah, up yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've never been to Fiesta. That might be fun. Yeah. Too so, much Lionel Richie. So that 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 was the topic I thought would be uh, fun to play around with the, uh, the yeah. what what it's like, especially to like travel around and like people find out you're you're from texas and they have some questions and misperceptions right. and things like that right but i, I right. think i think i think to summarize uh breakfast tacos and migas people should uh-huh. look into that and then also uh you're not going to get good barbecue well you're not going to get texas barbecue anywhere else i mean not yeah. not because it's texas barbecue but because it hasn't been spread to the rest of the world right so, so you right. got to stock up on that and houston a-ok city don't worry about it. <laughs> so I, I thought I thought we should end every episode that we do with Charles's Emacs tip of the week. Okay. Now, now I don't know if you've had time to prepare. It doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't. It, but but what you know because because so, as you like to tell me, this is basically impinging on your configuring Emacs time on Friday yeah. mornings. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was making that joke because that's kind of been like my. Uh, I haven't gotten to do hardly any coding lately. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I've been doing businessy, businessy. Because you've stuff. Been, you've been configuring your Emacs, so to speak. <laughs> I've been <mean>, yeah, <laughs> configuring my company, uh-huh. uh, so to speak. And so Emacs configuration is kind of like uh, my little escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if I can't actually sling any real code, I can at least always go and fiddle with my editor. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, so I'll you know be writing some proposal and then steal ten minutes to. Have, have, uh, a, have a little parenthetical. Know what I mean? Uh, know what I mean? Ooh. Hey. Hey. That was a good one, actually. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, Funny yeah, space so, so, tea. Is that, so is that been, what you would do? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a little bit on the mind lately, but uh-huh. I'll go ahead and give I, – I, I've got a tip. Um, so we actually have been um, building our own Emacs configuration uh, that's distributed as an Emacs package. So – Typically, you poop all of the stuff into your init file, and that's great, and it becomes this big unholy mess mm-hmm. that you could never disentangle. And then you eventually, after a few years, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to throw it all out and start from scratch. Uh, and then you do that again, and you throw it all out and start from scratch. Maybe you get wise and you put it in source control. Uh, most people do that these days, and then you can go back to some good known state and start from there. Well, we've actually been starting to distribute a shared configuration as an Emacs package. Um, mm. There are a couple things that do this, uh, but we're you know we have a, a specific Emacs configuration that we use here, uh, and um, so we actually built a package that you can go and you can install. And uh, it's nice because when there's an upgrade, like when someone fixes a bug or makes some enhancement, you just say package upgrade and boom, it downloads it. I and see. Installs. You're and, then up you, and, you're you, and then you have all the, you have all the, uh, the same config. So it's basically yeah. just make a, uh, what do they call it? An Emacs, a package. I forget. Yeah. You make a package out of your configuration. Right. And then you can check it in and then you're updating it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you have a little package uploaded to the package server, and then uh, you distribute it that way. Hmm. So you can uh, you can check out ours. It's at uh, GitHub.com slash the front side slash frontmax, uh, front which max. is our configuration. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just added the ability to autosave 
when you lose focus uh, from the window. So Man, that would be good in life. Ever, yep. Have you ever used IntelliJ? You remember IntelliJ? Oh sure. Maybe, maybe Eclipse does this too, where like when the window loses focus, it just saves everything. It's you know, great it, behavior. Lots of pivotal people use IntelliJ. Very popular. IntelliJ is amazing. It's yeah. it's really is amazing software. Yeah. I learned so much about what's possible from using IntelliJ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's Charles's Emacs configuration tip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned next week. See now over the next couple of weeks, Charles, you'll just you'll have some idle time, and you'll be thinking like, which configuration tip will be next? Okay. Uh, well, th- this is this has been our our special drunken retired podcast. So uh, maybe I'll change the name if we keep doing it. But if you want to subscribe to this podcast, which you should do, you just go to cote.show. You see, you see, uh, just dot show. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it has options to subscribe there, or you can look in iTunes or Overcast and subscribe to it. You can leave us a review or a comment, write a tweet to us. We'll uh, we'll, we'll you know maybe if you have any topics you think are good, we can add it to our list. But uh-huh. uh, you know maybe next time, condiment culture that would be fun. <laughs> Vikings, uh, all sorts of things. I, Ooh, I think Vikings. Can we uh, we can we get hats? Yeah, I, I think I think this weekend after I'd had a few drinks, I added about thirty more topics to the list. <laughs> so some of those might be total crap, but uh, yeah, you know. No, under- oh wow! Whoa! You really did! Uh, you really did! Yeah. Fill it on up, man. That's awesome. Oh. <laughs> man, I'm just looking at these like topics. Yeah. So good. Wait, wait, which wow. which one? Which one do you, do you like there? I was. <laughs> <laughs> the best carnival game you have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, that one's funny. That'd be a good story to get on tape. Anyways, well, uh, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Yep. All right, bye-bye.